Welcome to the SMC 2021 podcast. What if God wanted to do something new in your life? This is your fresh start. Hey guys, my name is Katie Leonard and I work on staff with Stumo at the University of Central Oklahoma. And I'm Chantel Levin, Katie's coworker at UCO. I'm in my fourth year on staff with Stumo and I absolutely love my job. And being on the same team as Katie is so much fun. We've learned a lot from each other about this topic of making growth goals. Yeah, if you're listening, it's because you want to be equipped to continue to grow and walk with God after SMC, which is awesome. We are personally excited to discuss this topic because both of us began a relationship with Jesus in college, and SMC was a huge turning point in each of our lives. When we think about growth, it is good to start with the end goal in mind. Along with scripture, a good way to formulate an end goal is looking at the lives of people we look to as spiritual heroes. A hero in the faith is someone who encourages you toward godliness and casts vision of what a life fully submitted to God is like. One of the biggest spiritual heroes in my life is my friend Brooke. Brooke shared the truth of Jesus dying on the cross for my sin and giving me a way to have a relationship with God in my freshman year of college. And because of that, I gave my life to him. Her boldness and love just changed everything for me. She was in the next season of life. She was newly married and working her first job out of college. She invited me into her home and let me see her life and marriage. I had absolutely never witnessed a godly marriage before. She was patient and kind to her husband. She served him with joy and even let me see them argue, which I thought was crazy. The way they argued wasn't a huge blow up like I was used to seeing, but understanding and forgiving. Their marriage gave me hope for my future, honestly, and was even a picture to me of the gospel lived out. I saw Brooke spend daily time with Jesus, uninterrupted, and because she loved him. So naturally, I wanted to spend daily time with Jesus. I saw Brooke pray and memorize scripture, not because she had to, but because she wanted to. So I wanted to pray and memorize scripture. I saw Brooke give her life away as she faithfully shared the gospel of Christ with college girls. So guess what? Now that's my full-time job with Stumo. Brooke is now 32 and I am still witnessing her continue to do all of those things as a loving mom to three kids. And I know exactly who I will call when my husband and I have children. Yeah, Brooke is incredible. She has had such a huge impact on girls at UCO and especially Chantel and other people on our staff team. Someone who is a spiritual hero to me is my stepdad, John. He's, he came to know Jesus as his Savior and Lord when he was 60 years old. Yes, 6-0. And now he's 82, and he is easily the most joyful, loving, generous, and carefree person I know. He lived a long life apart from Jesus, so now he treasures his identity as a child of God so much. Since he came to know Jesus, he's been around the world on medical mission trips, caring for the sickest of the sick in really dangerous places. He has given away thousands upon thousands of dollars. My stepdad could honestly be really rich, but he sees things of this world as fleeting and pointless in relation to knowing God and helping others know him. He actually gives a lot of money to Stumo because the idea of college students being saved from a life apart from Jesus early on and and not making the mistakes he made excites him. Currently, he lives in my hometown, Marlow, Oklahoma, a town of under 5,000 people, and is still prioritizing reading the Bible, praying, and reaching out to people who don't know Jesus. 
Currently, he is getting meals with one of our neighbors. We told him flat out he wanted nothing to do with Jesus. But he, he continues to meet with him at a gas station diner and share the truth of, of God's love for him. He also meets with an 18-year-old he met who loads groceries into his car at Walmart. He passes out devotionals to every delivery person who comes to our house, and he knows a mailman by name. When he was giving me a huge hug goodbye earlier this year, he gave me what seemed to be the most precious piece of advice he could trust me with. Just keep loving Jesus. Whatever you do, just keep loving Jesus. I hope that I can finish strong like my stepdad is and grow in my love for God like he does. That's so sweet. I hope that I can live like John when I'm 82 because that is crazy. So if we want to continue growing in our faith and look more like Jesus and learn from these spiritual heroes like Katie and I have, we need a plan with a purpose. If you're like me, you hear the word plan and you think, yes, I thrive with plans. Personally, I love plans. I'm the type of person that plans out every detail of a trip. I have an itinerary, I do a ton of research, and all the things that just make you feel really prepared. Others of you hear the word plan and you think, nope, I'm out. You like spontaneity because it seems more fun and relaxed. You can enjoy the moment. No matter which end of the spectrum you're on, I think we can agree that whether it's fun or not, planning typically benefits us in the long run. I've heard it say said that if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. And the Bible actually says in Proverbs 21, 5, the plans of the diligent lead to profit as surely as haste leads to poverty. When we make plans for our spiritual growth, it is profitable to us to in our walk with God. But the hard thing is to know what to do and when. We know planning can be difficult, so Katie and I wanted to give you a leg up and give you a growth chart to help you know what's next. This growth chart is available on the SMC app. So if you pull up the growth chart, it's easy to get overwhelmed. You might think, I'll never get to where I want to be or I'll probably fail, so I should just give up now. But we will never grow if we give up now. The key is to start from where you are and build from there. Make little goals and when you achieve those, you can make bigger ones. Spiritual growth isn't like a sprint that you run really quick, but more like a marathon that takes time and training. 2 Corinthians 3.18 says, And we all, who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory, are being transformed into His image with ever-increasing glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. This verse doesn't say we are already transformed, but says that we are being transformed into His image. It's a lifelong process because you can always be growing, so don't stress and just take it one step at a time. I don't know about you, but when I make goals, I need something to motivate me. Those who know me know that I absolutely hate running. I actually went through all of elementary, middle school, high school, and college without ever running a mile. Anytime someone asked me to, I just said, nope, I'll walk. So after my husband and I got married, he was truly shocked that I had never ran a mile before because he loves running. Like he can whip out five miles, no problem. He kept trying to convince me to run with him and I refused. So finally one day he gave me some motivation and said, if you run a mile with me, I'll buy you AirPods. So I said, I'm in, that's all I needed was just a little motivation. I ran a mile with him, I died. And when I was finally revived, some new AirPods were waiting for me. 
As followers of Christ, we also need some motivation in our goals. The areas we want to be growing in are the word, prayer, fellowship, and evangelism. These four areas are crucial to having a deep and obedient walk with God. The word and prayer help us to love God, and fellowship and evangelism help us to love people. The Bible says in Matthew 22, 37-39, Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. So we want to do whatever we can to love God and love people more because they're the two greatest commandments that God has given us. That should be our motivation and end goal as we make these plans. So I'd encourage you guys to look over this chart that's divided into some growth goals in the areas of the word, prayer, fellowship, and evangelism. I think that we gave some challenging goals for a new Christian, growing Christian, disciple, and disciple maker to make in each area. If you look at, for example, the box under new Christian and the word that says to read scripture two to three times per week, and if you're already doing that, then go ahead and push yourself and read four to five times per week. You guys can add to these goals and you don't have to stop at the examples that we gave you. I'm sure that many of you have made goals before and haven't followed through on them. I can relate. I make a New Year's resolution every year and hardly ever actually do it. Studies show that 80% of New Year's resolutions fail. Isn't that crazy? I say this not to discourage you, but to encourage you to treat your spiritual goals differently. I think the key to this is to make SMART goals. SMART stands for specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timely. Your goal should be specific rather than broad. So instead of saying, I will read the Bible this week, you can make the goal to read the Bible four to five times per week. Your goal should also be measurable. A goal is measurable when you put a number by it, just like we did in the examples on the growth chart. Your goals should be attainable and realistic. So don't set a goal for yourself that you won't likely achieve. For example, if you haven't prayed for more than five minutes in your life, then setting a goal to pray for two hours a day is probably not attainable or realistic. You know yourself, so you can do whatever is going to be attainable and realistic for you. Lastly, your goal should be timely. Making a goal timely is just giving yourself a time to complete it by. If you guys treat your goals in a smart manner and plan well, I know that you can and will achieve them. Katie actually thinks of planning a little differently than me. So Kate, you should share with us what this has looked like for you. <laughs> so Chantel is a type of person who loves to plan and gets excited about planning, like some of you listening may be. But needless to say, I am not that person or wasn't that person when I was in your shoes. I wanted to be free-spirited and thought that planning would make me boring or limit my freedom. Honestly, when I heard talks like this, I would kind of just roll my eyes and think that the speaker just didn't understand me. Typically in life, I would just fly by the seat of my pants and hope for the best. But this poor planning bled into my walk with God and honestly limited my growth both personally and while trying to help lead others. For my time with God, I didn't really have a plan, but I knew I wanted to go in my relationship with Him. So I would sit down to read scripture at different times each day, missing days here and there, and just pick a random passage and go for it. All of the Bible is God's word, so I thought that was fine to do. Some days I would learn, and other days I would just leave super confused. 
but I felt accomplished because I read the Bible. Little did I know I was missing out on deep intimacy with God. Now I actually enjoy dreaming of what my walk with God could look like, and I like to take steps toward making goals in the four areas Chantel talked about. I can ensure I can assure you that planning and following Chantel's teaching will change your walk with God and your influence on others. Having a plan is so key for living a life toward Jesus. Along with a plan, we also need partners. The truth is we can't do this alone. We can pray and make plans to grow in areas such as reading the Bible and praying, but we need friends to walk beside us to challenge, encourage, and hold us accountable. Studies show that you're the average of your five closest friends. So when we think about wanting to continue to grow after SMC, we need to think through who will encourage us in the direction God is calling us to go. We need people to team up with us and be our partners. When I think about a partner, I think about my friend Sid. In college, we began to grow spiritually and orient our decisions around Jesus at the same time. We held each other accountable to separate from sin and people that were unhealthy for us. And we just had a ton of fun together. Some of my favorite memories of my entire life have been with her. Sid and I were in the same sorority and we lived in house together. So we got to see each other reading scripture, choosing not to gossip. We would pray for our sorority sisters together and go with each other to share the gospel. We went to parties and DD'd together and had fun while serving girls in our sorority who didn't know Jesus. We went camping and on road trips and she has been involved in every big life decision. Sid was a great partner in college. There were specific things that made her such a good partner. One is that she loved God and submitted to the Bible as authority. Two, we had the same vision for our lives. Three, she was real with me. And four, we spent natural time together. The most important factor to consider when picking a partner is, do they love God and submit to the Bible as authority? If you truly want to grow in godliness, you must personally grow in your love for God and submission to the Bible and surround yourself with others who do so too. If not, your logic will always be your God because you will follow what you and your friends think is right instead of what God says in the Bible. Isaiah 55, eight through nine says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways and my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. God's thoughts and ways are found, found in scripture so you must grow to trust God through reading and following the Bible. Along with submitting to scripture and loving God, your partners must also have the same vision for life. This would be the same because scripture is clear what our life should be oriented around, loving God and loving others. Sid was a great partner in college because we both wanted to love God and follow him during those years and help others love God and follow him also. The third factor in a good partner is authentic accountability. This one is huge. You need your partners to be people who will speak the truth in love and hold you accountable. These people are not easy to find. In our culture, everything is, is accepted on a college campus. If you want to get high all the time, cool. You want to hook up with someone, you do you. You want to numb out on Netflix, you deserve this. You've had a hard week. Whatever you want to do, you will find people who will approve of your behavior and believe that it's not their place to tell you how to live. The Bible speaks otherwise. Proverbs, 18, Proverbs 28, 23 says, He who rebukes a man will later find more favor than one who flatters with his tongue. 
And Proverbs 27, 6, wounds from a friend can be trusted, but an enemy multiplies kisses. Anyone will bring flattery. Just read the comments on TikTok and Instagram. But a true friend will speak the truth in love. Find a partner that will love you by calling you up to your potential and obedience to Jesus. So our partners need to love God and submit to the Bible, have a biblical vision for life, speak the truth in love, and the last factor of a good partner is time together. The word partner assumes that you are in it together. Who you partner with should be someone you intentionally make time to be around. They need to see your life so that they can encourage growth they see and help correct blind spots. It was nice to live with Sid and be in the same sorority as her because we got to walk with Jesus together and encourage each other toward godliness even when it was hard. Having partners is one of the sweetest gifts in following Jesus. Sid is one of many people in my life who helped me love God and run after him. A pitfall I've seen in relationships among believers is that they typically start off pretty strong in godly convictions and helping one another separate from sin and revere God as Lord. But over time, little by little, some relationships evolve into, ironically, the person that you sin with. I know this sounds crazy, but I've seen this over and over, where a Christian has strong convictions about gossip or alcohol, but then they have a believer friend that it's somehow okay with to gossip or toe the line with alcohol with. This is dangerous for many reasons. It will actually hurt your friendship, not bring you closer, and your ability to live an authentic life. And ultimately, we will all each stand before God and give an individual account for our life. So choose your partners wisely. Chantel had an amazing partner in college. Shanti, will you tell us a little about Carly? Yeah, my friend Carly was my partner for spiritual growth. Uh, Just like Sid and Katie, we were roommates in our sorority all throughout college. She is the total opposite of me in so many ways, but one thing we had in common was our love for Christ. She is the type of friend who told me what I needed to hear and not necessarily what I wanted to hear, which I sometimes loved and sometimes hated. If I was neglecting daily time with God, she wouldn't hesitate to ask me about it. If I started to get lazy and put off things that were important, she would get me back on my feet. When I, wasn't com- when I was comfortable in my sin, she would have really difficult conversations with me and point things out that I wasn't even seeing myself. Because Carly was willing to have those difficult conversations with me, our friendship just continued to grow deeper and stronger year by year. Before I got married, there was no one that knew me better, the good, the bad, and the ugly, other than Carly. That is the kind of friend we need to help us faithfully follow Jesus for the rest of our life. I've seen so many friends or friendships fizzle out after college, but this is one that has remained constant for me. Carly and I now live in different states. We're both married and we have new accountability around us, but our friendship is as deep and strong as ever because she was my partner for so many years. I truly hope that all of you find friends like Carly and Sid because they were game changers for Katie and I. So now you know how to make a plan with a purpose and you know what kind of partner to look for. So to help you guys get thinking on where to go from here, we had a few application questions for you to ponder and maybe even journal about as you finish up this podcast. The first one is, where do you want to be in your relationship with God a year from now? And how are you going to get there? The second one is, 
Who are three people that could potentially make good partners for you? Pray about them and reach out to them. Don't forget to check out our growth grid that is available on the SMC app to help you make some growth goals. Thanks so much for tuning in. You can find all other breakout sessions on Apple and Spotify under SMC 2021.